something a bloodbath. Have we got your attention? of Hitchcock and the other masters. Welcome campers to Camp Cemetery. I'm your camp counselor, Scott. I'm counselor Randall. And the man in the corner whose idea of foreplay is to play ring around the rosy in a jacuzzi is camp counselor Tim. Oh man, you said you had something clear. Burned you with a madman yeah, burn. Intense. Gotcha. Tonight we will be keeping an eye on things while we tell you all about the wonderful activities we have in store for you here at the camp. First Jimmy, thing. no swimming after eating hot dogs. 20 minutes. <laughs> they never listen. But anyway. Stupid campers. We'll be talking about the news, of course, and uh, music, what we've watched, and, re- and we will be reviewing Madman and Cheerleader Camp. So get your s'mores ready and your bonfires lit while we sit back and tell you a campfire tale. The, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, so how's it going, guys? Uh, not terrible. Yeah. That's good to know. How good. are you? Good. Just fine. Just fine. Yeah. Wow, this is very boring. <laughs> <laughs> so anything going crazy going on this uh, last two weeks since we've recorded? Not really. Uh, went to the zoo. We went to the Detroit Zoo. That was kind of cool. They had like a dinosaur exhibit. Oh, nice. Some animatronic dinosaurs. So that was pretty neat. Actually, I haven't been to the zoo. It was way cooler than like the Sloan. Oh if yeah, you remember Sloan that from when one. we were kids. Yeah, yeah, that was regrettably everything. Bad. Everything pretty much moved. All the dinosaurs pretty much moved a little bit and made some kind of fucking noise or something. Nice, so, that's cool. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Would it terrify a toddler? There were some. There were some shrieking toddlers, but I think oh, they were right. just asshole children and not like afraid. <laughs> Those are the worst kind too. Yeah. Oh boy, that's most of them. Yeah, and me, I've been pretty much just uh, busy writing a shit ton of articles for Pop Horror this past week, because E3 2018 kicked off over the weekend, and right. now that I'm like the lead writer for the gaming section of there, like there's only four of us, because this gaming section only started about a month ago, and I think uh, each of us writ- wrote about 20 articles apiece. I love like how three or four days. Like everything with you nerds is fucking letters and numbers. G four, E three, R two D two. Well, E three stands guys. for Electronic Entertainment Expo. It's just easier to say E three. Yeah, yeah. The G four one, I I don't know. I'm not sure why they call that G four, but yes, nerds do like numbers. <laughs> yep, letters and numbers. But yeah, I had a blast with that, even though it was stressful as shit. But I'm thankful it's done. I wish I could actually go to LA to actually be there in person to see it all because that would just be kind of a cool experience. I bet. And it only costs like, you know, $175 for the ticket and travel to California. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the trick is you want to get invited to go and then that way somebody pays for all your shit. Come on, Pop Horror. Yeah. What the fuck, man? You can't, like, send your man in the field, goddamn <laughs> Hunter S. Scottson to Hunter S. Scottson. Right? <laughs> get all fucked up out in Vegas or whatever, wherever the Christ they do it. Uh, Los Angeles. 
Sure. Yeah, you just yeah. said that. I did. You got to get through Vegas to get to L.A., though. That's yeah, true. it's on the way. Maybe yeah. I'll run into the leprechaun while I'm out there. Scott won't even make it to L.A. So. He'll he, just get he derailed. There. Oh, I was hoping he'd be there, guy. And bite me and I can turn into a leprechaun. But anyways, shall we just jump into the news? Yeah, what's news? Jump oh, right in. We got quite a bit today. Like, uh, oh, man. I guess first thing we should talk about is the Suspiria remake trailer that got released, I think it was a week and a half ago. Yeah, I don't know, man. It just looks whatever. I don't care. Did you ever get a chance to watch that one, Tim? No, I'd never seen the first movie. That's and, why uh, I kind of wanted you to watch it, get your idea of it. Okay. Yeah, you wouldn't have had any judgment like compared to Well, here's us. the thing. Like I read so much about the first movie that I feel like I already know it's like some sort of artsy thing that an Italian guy did that was all pretty with colors and stuff. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. And like it had music. I, it had had uh, the music was by Goblin, and I've had yep. heard the soundtrack a few times. So, yep. So at least you got okay. Music. So you know more than most normal people would. Like, uh, but yeah, I watching the trailer. Obviously, they're trying to keep it vague and not explain really right, much, yeah. which I kind of appreciate. And they definitely veered completely away from the colorful artistic style. It looks which, a lot darker. Yeah, it looks almost uh, like a 70s Euro trash. I don't know. It just looks like something that probably shouldn't have happened, but was bound to eventually. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out because I'm out of curiosity. Like, But I don't have high hopes, but I have heard like that some people have, from the s- private screenings or whatever have gotten uh, disgusted by some of the images that's shown. So. <laughs> Has me intrigued, but once again, we know how media likes to blow that shit way out of proportion a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, when we watch this in the house that Jack built, they're probably just going to be like, huh, why was everybody so... All right, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's usually the end result of me reading things like, the most frightening, the most vile, it's, um, maybe to the general audience or whatever, but... Yeah, like, the only one I could say, like... That's who they're targeting with trailers. They're not fucking making movie trailers for me and you, so... Right, well, because most people like us try to avoid trailers anyways, because we already have it in our head if we're going to go see the film or not, just from, like, maybe reading a little bit about it, or the director who's behind it, or something. I don't feel like the Suspiria remake warrants a theater experience for me. (laughs) Alright, so we... (laughs) No, (laughs) The guy from Radiohead's doing the the score for the Wow. What? I think Randy's broken. <laughs> oh, man. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. <laughs> I can't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I looked up the director, and it uh, looks like he, uh, Luca Guadagnino, I'm... None of his films looked familiar, so I guess it isn't really someone of note, that, at least in the horror community anyways. Interesting. So he's doing a movie that is He's just trying to get his foot in the yeah, door. I get it. Yeah. And, but yeah, let's move on to the next one, which is another remake trailer, and that's the new Halloween trailer. Well, it's not like a remake. It's a... Or actually, yeah. No, yeah it's, it's a sequel. It's a continuation. Sequel. Yeah. It's a sequel would... that ignores everything after the first movie. Yeah. Literally all the other movies have been... It just looks dumb. ...left out. Yeah. I, I don't know why they... The yeah. trailer showed nothing but Laurie Strode and Michael for the most part. They showed the disposable teens for like a nanosecond, which leads me to believe that they're going to be especially insufferable and that everything that doesn't involve Jamie Lee Curtis or the shape is going to be like, it's not, you know, 
not engaging and right and uh what was it uh like the thing that with with that snippet from the teens they completely write off the whole Lori being uh, Michael's sister like within that second. I just don't even see the point of this. They've already done it three times. Three times. Halloween 2, H2O, and Resurrection have all pit Michael and Lori against each other again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even a huge horror fan, and I've seen like a couple of those movies. I feel like they've done this already before. Yeah, I don't get it. And the one thing, like, that drove me crazy among almost all of it was, you know, he's been locked up since the since original events happened in 78. So yeah. they're like, you know, he's still locked up 30 years later. And this documentary crew shows up and goes, well, hey, 40, Michael, 40 years was. Oh, shit. It is 40 years. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. He's 61 years old now. Yeah. But yeah, they, you know, who's a scary 61 year old Dolph Lundgren. That's about <laughs> right. it. But yeah, like the thing I don't get is, you know, the documentary guys show up and they pull out the mask and go, hey, Michael, remember this? Why? Why? All why would that, you have that? And why would you do that in the first? It's like the dumbest fucking thing in the first place. It, this, it's uh, just the documentary the filmmaker dude looked like he was going to annoy the shit out of me. Yeah, I, I don't know why they went like did this at all in the first place. I I'll probably just because I like watching sequels to all movies. I'll probably watch it. Just no, cause. I'm going to watch it, but I'm not going to the theater. I don't no. give a fuck about going to see this in the theater. No, unless I'm absolutely bored and have nothing to do and I can find it during a matinee for cheap. Maybe. You wouldn't believe the number of people that are hitting me with stuff. Oh, you know it's going to be bad. What are you, psychic? I thought you liked horror movies. Why are you shitting all over this? Well, there are 10 Halloween movies. How many of them are good? Like three, three? Three. Three. So seven-tenths of the Halloween movies are all bad. And... The seven bad ones all happened in a row. Yeah. Why would I think that this one's going to be bad? Hmm. I don't like, know. It might be better than those other seven or whatever, but... I think it's probably going to be on par with, like, four or H2O. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe. And those like are really not, not worth watching. Yeah, they're like a tolerable, like, one-time watch. Because I haven't even watched, went back and watched any of those sequels. Where, you know, Friday the 13th, I watch sequels all the fucking time. Even the bad sequels have, have some merit to them. But the sequels to Halloween, just no. No, past the third one, they every five to ten years, I get a bug up my ass to fucking, like, do I want to watch four and five? Do I want to watch H2O? And, like, I always regret it. Yeah, I, I have the box set, and I eventually, kind of like I did with Friday the 13th, plan on watching them, like, but just not all in a row because right. that will just I'll be burnt out <clears throat> I, I did that remember. with Hellraiser and that was a bad idea can't remember but for, for some reason I saw H2O in the theaters and I don't remember why yeah, I saw really? that in theaters too yeah I had not seen any of the other movies that was the that first point. Halloween movie that I got to see in a theater yeah I don't I think the only one I, I seen both of Rob Zombies in theaters and that was it yeah yeah, never seen any of the others. Next! I, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> All right, so next up, we got a couple of Blu-ray announcements. Uh, Scream Factory kind of went on this crazy, like, roll of just announcements after announcements. Like, for, like, every other day, there was, like, some new title they announced, which kind of blew my mind, because they normally wait till Comic-Con to do type of, that type of stuff. Right. Uh, but they ended up announcing that they're going to be releasing the Rec box set. The Oh, Record? Yep. Just, just call it record. 
Okay, yeah, the record box set, all four. I think, yeah, I think it's four films. On I don't really like any of those movies. I've never actually watched any of them. I only saw the first one, but I didn't like it. So I guess I can't say I don't like any of those movies. I don't like the one that I saw. I didn't okay. see any of them. So yeah, Screen right. Factory made a lot of announcements, but I'm not particularly excited about any of them. Well, one I'm semi excited about, which is the next one, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation. I already have it on DVD. Yeah, I don't own that one, so that one's like I know it's. There was a minute where there, uh, where it was fairly hard to find. So I guess it's exciting for people that have been looking for it and haven't been able to find it. Right. It is a good movie, and if I didn't already have it on DVD, I would probably be more excited for the Blu-ray. Right, exactly. Like, cause yeah, that's where it's come to now with our collections. <clears throat> Sometimes it's hard to get excited for something because we already have it in one format or another. That being said, this is a movie that I bought on DVD for like, I don't even know, 3 to $5 or something, and there's no way that I would pay brand new Scream Factory Blu-ray prices for this movie. Right, which is like $28 usually. That's absurd. This is a ten dollar movie maximum yeah I, so. the, like i will never i haven't bought a scream factory title like on day one in a long time because i'm just like i don't want to pay that much because that's just getting ridiculous i don't even pay that for 4k blu-rays now my wish list for stuff to be released is still mostly untouched i mean it's it's remained unchanged for quite a while the top tier being like the reflecting skin and the kindred and the unnameable and uh like, the borrower and i forget what the other one was but th- those ones like i've been waiting forever for someone to put one of those out and i think i read something about someone putting out the unnameable but i don't know oh yeah uh that was fuck what was the name of that company uh something earth is it unearthed yes unearthed oh well that's cool so it's cool that that's coming out cuz it, I don't. That hasn't seen the light of day since the early Anchor Bay DVD days, and it's a cool Lovecraftian thing with cool creature effects and John Reese Davies. And yeah, because I don't think I've ever seen that one, but they showed Unearthed showed the artwork for it, and the artwork looked fucking amazing. So that had me sold right away. Um, but yeah, then after this, I don't know why they decided to announce to release this, but The Exorcist Two on Blu-ray. <laughs> That movie, uh, it's. I think that there, people have been trying to push that one lately to try to get like a Halloween three style, like a cult following. Yeah, and it's like, it's almost. It almost seems forced to try to make that movie cult or whatever. It's not as bad as people make it out to be. John Borman was a competent filmmaker, and he made some really cool stuff, like the you know Deliverance and Excalibur. Oh, he did. Uh... He he was the one that directed Exorcist too. Yeah. Wow. So you know his he had a sure hand, and it's not like the movie is incompetent. It's just ludicrous and unnecessary, and I Heck, don't know. I watched it once and just really didn't care for it. So I, I it's a little boring. It's not yeah. terribly engaging. Uh, it just I don't know. It's at least it's not over two hours long like the original one. Right. Yeah, I, I just thought that was weird because, you know, Scream Factory usually does like either the, like the lesser known stuff like X-Ray and things like that. And, like, but something like this that has a name like that I'm, and they're giving it a collector's edition. I'm like, people are going to buy it, I guess. I don't. Well, especially the people that are obsessed with owning like every single Scream Factory title that comes out. Right. The completionists. I guess, you know, they did Exorcist 3 
first, so that's kind of <laughs> right. funny that they're working their way backward with those. Yeah, maybe we'll get a part one at some point. <laughs> not from them. Absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, the Warner Brothers media book Blu-ray is about as definitive as it needs to be. Like, right, and Warner Brothers won't give up half of their stuff anyways. To- I wouldn't be surprised if Criterion put out The Exorcist. Yeah. Well, see, that's, that's a movie I've actually been wanting to watch. I've never actually seen that, so I should probably give it a watch. It's really sometime. good, but it's overrated. Yeah, Randy thinks it's overrated. It's It, it was overrated. My, People he, call he it, it overrated. the best, scariest horror film of all time, and it's not. For the time, it probably was. but For 1973? Uh, I don't know. And especially with uh, I the I think religious- that The Legend of Hell House that came out the same year is better. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I love Legend of Hell House, but Exorcist is in my, like, top five like of all time but yeah after that we ended up getting uh like in that same span of like a week severin announced that they're finally bringing uh the changeling to blu-ray so that's cool that's awesome that deserves a like nice (sighs) blu-ray treatment yeah that old hbo dvd is looking pretty washed out and grainy it could definitely use the blue treatment and it's a movie that deserves to look beautiful i mean right it's a well-crafted eerie frightening unsettling ghost story with a lot of good performances and atmosphere so <laughs> good kitty mm-hmm. sneezy kitty yeah i was excited when i seen that one being announced i'm like all right i'm, I'm gonna have to probably get that one at some point i own it on dvd but i feel i could upgrade to blu-ray for that one yeah that's another one that i I got for a pittance. I'm sure I paid less than $5 for the Changeling on DVD. Right. And Severn usually isn't too pricey with their Blu-rays. Like if I remember correctly, they're not like, they're usually under 20, I think. Yeah. So it, I'd be, I'd be willing to pay like 17, 16, $17, 16 or $17 for that. Wait for it to go on its first sale or something. Right. Uh, and then, uh, moving on to, uh, I grabbed a couple news pieces that came out of, uh, E3 this year. Uh, me being the video game nerd, I had to, um, but, uh, the first one is Tim and I watched this one. Uh, it's, uh, the fallout 76 trailer and demo and all that, that got spoken about at Bethesda's conference. Yeah. I think everybody funny. a week before that got announced. Everybody in my Facebook feed was like, the game looks stupid. This game looks stupid. And then a week later, everybody's like, this game looks awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to play this game. Well, I think the I issue it's was pretty split. A lot of people are split on it right now. And I think a lot of the issue was uh, Fallout has always been like single player focused story. And now it's all online. Oh, and it's online, but at the same time, they announced something to appease some of those people that were pissed because they said that you can still play it by yourself. A campaigner. Yeah, it's like it's still got its own single player story that can go on. And yeah, uh, I'm not going to rush out and buy this one. And especially a little bit pissed off about the fact that they were like, hey, there's a beta test. You guys can test it out. And then they're like, only if you pre-order the game, so... Oh, is that the case? Yeah, I'm like, oh. so you mean you want me to give you full price to be able to test your broken-ass game right now to let yeah, you know if it sucks or not? Yeah, you're a bunch of betas, all right. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait until I hear from other people, because if it's just another... There's so many games that have tried that whole survival, like, that, that building-based survival thing. I have good expectations of it, but I'd rather they just had focused on the story instead of trying to make it a big old online ordeal. Yeah, because... That's the thing I always that people like a lot of us thought was kind of weird too is you know Bethesda's all always toted that you know sing, save single player games like they're the ones that make single player games and want to keep that going because everything seems to be going online multiplayer right. and then they kind of 
kind of in a way jumped on that bandwagon, which kind of, you know, left me a little disgusted and I'm hoping that doesn't happen to my beloved franchise of the Elder Scrolls when they finally release that next. But one one bit of news that you glazed over that kind of also ties into this whole video game thing is the fact that Victor Miller is suing for the rights to the Friday the 13th franchise. Oh, so yeah. that kind of puts a stall on any future films and who knows what how it's going to affect the video game. Uh, they already announced exactly how it's going to affect it and I have a feeling this is going to kill the game. That sucks. Yeah, it looks like a kind of cool game. It's yeah, it was a lot of fun, but yeah, the situation is that they were on the verge, within less than a month, to release the update that let you play as Jason X on the Grendel spaceship map. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and now they can't release it. No? That, yep, they can't release anything further for the game anymore. Now all they can do is continue fixing issues and like balancing everything. They can't add anything, any new content to it well, or anything. Thanks, Victor Miller, you greedy old asshole. For the record, your screenplay... Isn't that great? And the first Friday the 13th film is in, like, the bottom five of the entire franchise. So fuck you, you greedy old piece of shit. Actually, to be honest, every sequel up to and including Jason Lives is better. And so is Jason Goes to Hell and maybe Jason X. I wouldn't go that far with Jason X for sure. Maybe. That's in the bottom tier for me. So is the first one. Like, first one's not in the bottom tier for me. It's in my, like, right in the middle. It it was in the middle for me for a while, but the older I get, the further down it creeps. I haven't seen that many of those movies. I've seen the first one. The seventh one? Is that the one that I watched that you one watched time? the seventh one with Jason me while versus we... Carrie. And then I saw uh, the that Freddy versus Jason movie. Oh, oh okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just a dumb popcorn fun, or dumb fun popcorn film for that yeah, one. Yeah, and that was my both my first uh, Friday the 13th and first Nightmare on Elm Street movie that I'd ever seen, and I saw it in theaters. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, let's move on yeah, to the next segment. I was going to say, that was bothering me. Did you fix it? Yeah, that looks better. All right, we... Uh, the next uh, piece of news was I had both you guys, while we were sitting down here, watch the uh, uh, yes. Resident Evil 2 trailer. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, actually, graphically looks really pretty. I really enjoyed yeah. the original game when I was younger. Yeah, that was my favorite of the Resident Evil series, for sure. Me too. That was also the last one that I played, but it was I liked it a lot. And it was pretty revolutionary. That whole series, in a way, was, I mean, it was one of the first like serious horror franchises, wasn't it? Yeah, I think there Unless were. Unless you're going to count like Castlevania or. Yeah, I'll say there were th- some with the horror elements, but, you know, this is what created the uh, survival Puzzle horror genre. Solving it was probably the, the first game that would actually scare you, you know. Yeah. Early, early 3D graphics and all, it was still, still pretty startling. Yeah, because, like, it, it's what I think kind of like Silent Hill followed right after that and right. kind of followed that kind of same concept in a way. But yeah, this trailer, they just... I mean, there's, you know, there's stuff like Doom before that or whatever, but... Yeah, I never found those scary. Those were just more like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, yeah. just fun. Doom was fun. But yeah, the trailer... Resident Evil the... was like tense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And this... Like... <laughs> and this trailer looks no different. Like, it, and it makes it look realistic as shit. Like, uh, some of the violence was just really awesome on the screen. And being able to see uh, Leon Kennedy, like, actually in, like more graphically well done version of them like that actually looks almost human <laughs> yeah like 
that one uh, the game gets released on January twenty fifth of this year uh, of twenty nineteen. So I am definitely going to be a first day purchase for me. Yeah, I'm curious. Right around the corner. Yep. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's scary how quick it's coming, but um, it's like six months away. It that months. won't feel like six months though. You're gonna be like Carmen. Do you need to freeze yourself? Mm-hmm. No, there will be plenty of games before that. I'll be distracted by. Uh, but then, the last game uh, and the last piece of news is I had you guys watch that 11 uh, minute video of uh, the Last of Us Two gameplay and uh, uh, trailer in a way. They uh, that was at Sony's conference uh, like around nine o'clock at night on Monday night, and that was like what they started their show with. Looks kind of cool, you know, post apocalyptic scenario where. The humans are the real monsters type thing. Yeah, yeah. That, they definitely, since the first one, Ellie was a badass. She was just, like, killing people left and right. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, it pans right into her, like, stabbing a dude in the neck multiple times. I'm like, yeah. Jesus, that, it definitely uh, doesn't shy away from the violence in this one. Like, because, you know, these are the same guys that did Crash Bandicoot and Uncharted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Crash Bandicoot. Funny. That's an ultra-violent franchise. <laughs> right. You can tell they've grown the fuck up and decide, yep, this is what we're doing now, because The Last of Us 1 is a, I'm going to be honest, I never beat it, but in my eyes, is a masterpiece. I am actually planning on going back and beating the remaster that I have before Part 2 comes out. They didn't get a re- give a release date yet, but I'm assuming that's going to be like a fall 2019 game. Seems like a perfect time to release that, and they already showed like enough gameplay footage that it looks like it's on its way to being like, to like the finish line but yeah that that would be the news um next up we'll be doing our what we've been watching segment and uh well i'll start off real quick i've got five films that i've watched over the last two weeks i don't really have much more than that. i think i have like 10 oh wow i've just watched the movies that you guys made me watch in order to do this (laughs) you should be thanking us yeah thank you Uh, Uh, the first film I ended up watching was a film called Thoroughbreds, which uh, stars from the witch Anya Taylor-Joy. And uh, it's basically these two girls are living with their... Uh, Anya T- Taylor-Joy and this girl are both from rich, well-to-do families, like out in these beautiful like mansions where they have uh, a ranch with horses and things like that. But they... Almost like are talking in like sociopathic ways. Like one's constantly talking about how she'd like to kill herself. And then she'd like to just like, she like kills certain animals and just kind of looks at it. No emotion showing and things like that. And they are basically plotting their way on uh, how to kill uh, Anya Taylor-Joy's stepdad. Like kind of sounds like heavenly creatures. Yeah, people compared it to that and Heather's. I'm not sure of the Heather's connection on that one. Uh, just, you know, rich, preppy people killing people for kicks. Okay. Yeah, th- this one is like a black comedy in a way. And, uh, it sounds a lot like Heavenly Creatures, actually. I really enjoyed this. Very, It had very smart uh, dialogue. Like, just very clever. And once again, Anya Taylor-Joy just fucking nails it in that role. Right. She so far hasn't done anything bad that I've seen. Sounds interesting. I'll give it a watch. Yeah, if that came out this year, and uh, yeah, I, I would probably give that about an eight and a half, eight point seven five. Right on. It was thoroughly enjoyable. 
Thoroughbredly enjoyable. Thoroughbredly enjoyable. Oh, the pun. And I'm going to leave the one that you and I both seen till last, and we can both talk about it at the same time. Right on. But uh, next one I watched was uh, Strangers Pray at Night, the sequel to The Strangers. Uh. Which I like this better than the first film. This is like mm, a straight up slasher. wouldn't really be slasher. saying much for me. It's a slasher film compared to a home invasion film in this one. Right and on. The, they are just... I really enjoyed the way these villainous characters acted in this one. Because they're like, you know, just like in The Strangers, they were kind of teasing the couple. All of these movies just kind of seem like a pale ripoff of funny games to me. Yeah, like that is a perfect example of the first one especially. This one, they're more, like, teasing, but it is more, like, straight-up slasher. Like I've seen quite a lot of that style of film, especially recently, with, like, Your Next and the first Purge movie, and... Uh, Hush, I think, even yeah, had Hush. the guy playing with her. On a smaller scale, I mean, it was just one person antagonizing another, but... Right. Same deal, basically, home invasion, terrorizing, that, this and then, you know. Yeah, this one, like, had a lot of, uh nods to like 80 slashers in a way and even had like a pretty awesome nod to christine like just kind of one of the images towards the end was there a flaming car rolling down the road behind someone yep okay <laughs> it, it just felt like that was a total nod to that but yeah that that was another recommend i really enjoyed that one the gore was pretty good in it too which yeah like okay they didn't because you know in the first one they didn't really show much but they only did torture those two people and, but yeah, in this one, they're tormenting a family of four, and there's, like, other people that are, obviously, get drug into it and just to raise the body count. Right. That sounds terrible. Yeah, and it and the way they're tormenting them, it's pretty entertaining, and uh, just, holy shit, that's creepy. But I really recommend that one. It was, it's another, probably, 8 out of 10 for me. Right on. Then, <laughs> this one, I just had to watch it. Mom and Dad. With Nicolas oh, the Cage. Nick Cage movie? I want to see that. Oh, oh no. man. <laughs> Nick Cage at his most Nick Cagest. That's awesome. He's just off the fucking handles this whole film. It, and he, it's like... I want to see him, like, ranting and being a lunatic. Oh, and he... It's probably about 75% of this film is him doing that. Good. And just, like, the craziest Nick Cage fashion you could possibly think of. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, it's so much fun. Like, and it's... Blew me away because it's directed by the guy that did the Crank films. Oh, gross. But, like, the one thing that you can take away that you're like, okay, this is definitely from the guy that did Crank, is it's, like, nonstop, just, like... Action the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, like, intense and crazy, but it's just, yeah, Nick Cage just steals the whole fucking movie. Right on. That that could be good. Yeah, that sounds like something I I want to see. I mean, I wanted to see it before, so... Yeah, and there's even... It's cool that it's good. Even a cameo with uh, Lance Henriksen, too, which I thought was cool. Huh. Who's that? He's Bishop from uh, the Aliens. Alien film. Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. uh, then what was the other one I watched? Oh, I ended up doing a double feature, but uh, the, over on over the weekend. I'm going to talk about the last one first that I seen, because I want right. to talk about Hereditary with you. But uh, I ended up watching Upgrade. It looks Blue pretty House. cool. It kind of reminds me of a mix between, like... Elysium and uh, Hardcore Henry with a little bit of the Matrix thrown in. Yeah, actually, that's a pretty good combination. It is, and it has almost like that uh, 
futuristic RoboCop style feel to it as well. That's so, cool. Is it like more of an sci-fi action movie? Yeah, like I thought it was going to be more horror because I didn't watch any trailers. I've just, heard that there's a lot of, or not a lot, but that there's some cool body horror stuff in it. Yeah, there's some pretty neat body horror things and uh, biomechanical type ah, things. Ah, that's cool. See, this sounds like a movie after my own heart. Yeah, like people have like the an implant in their arms where they can like a little pistol like will stick out of their hand and they'll like shoot someone but you load the bullets through the top of your forearm and you like (laughs) stick it into your skin yeah the thing in the trailer like the dude is just fighting these two guys in a room and he keeps saying stuff that leads me to like he's surprised that he's able to fight the way that he is or whatever so it kind of reminded me of like in the matrix when he's i know kung fu oh Oh, yeah yeah Yeah, because like he gets implanted with uh a chip, and that's what makes him the fighter that he is. Right. And, yeah, he's not... I'm not going to go far, but I'll say he's definitely not in control com- completely. Okay. And, yeah, just all around just fun, straight-up balls, balls-of-the-wall action film in a weird sci-fi futuristic setting, like like I say, like along the lines of RoboCop. And, and it didn't, like, it, it didn't seem like it was just trying to ride the whole comic book film. No. No. I didn't feel it that way at all. Well, that's good. Yeah, this just looked like a lot of fun, and it was just a lot of fun. Cool. Like, I think I gave that one about a 7.758, I forget. Right on. Uh, But then, yeah, the last one I watched, eh, well, at the moment, it's my number one of the year. Yeah, me too. That's Hereditary. Nine out of ten, easily. This is a 9.75 for me. It's like almost a ten. Like, it might be a ten if I rewatch it. But it was really intense, very unsettling and unnerving and like genuinely chilling and frightening in a couple of scenes. Like there were a couple of scenes where they ended and I was like, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> like this one left me shook after I walked out of the theater. I was just that blew me away with like just the way they built up the dread and the tension. Yeah. And- very cool. Very effective. The story is going to be familiar to you. I mean, it's the plot is going to, you know, it's going to be a familiar plot for a lot of people. And just don't let that like ruin it for you because it's not about the plot so much as the journey, you know, through the movie. Right. And if you can help it, if you haven't seen it already. Don't watch any trailers. Just go in completely blind, yeah. not knowing what to expect. <laughs> That's the way I like to see any movie if I can do it. Yeah, at you know sometimes eh, it doesn't matter if you watch a trailer. This one, I watched the trailer afterwards. It didn't spoil anything, but it'll give you the wrong idea. And the, like you just should go into this blind and just enjoy the ride. Like you I know. went into this so blind that I didn't know Gabriel Byrne was in it. Yeah, the only one I knew was Tony Collette. So that was pretty Oh, cool. man, spoilers, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, every performance out of it was just amazing. Like, I don't think there was one bad performance in this whole film. Oh, no, not at all. The little girl was fantastically creepy. Like, the just the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, just that, that. That will leave marks on you. After I love you a movie that can take something that small and use it so effectively. Like that... Uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe, The Ringing Bell. Yeah. Just, you know, a movie that can take a little sound like that and make it fucking like... Yep. (laughs) 
Yeah, because it just it, it will get under your skin. Yeah, it gets into your head. It was so effective that like it got into my dreams last night. I never remember wow. my I never remember my dreams. I always smoke so much pot before I go to bed that I don't remember my dreams. And that shit fucked me up. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Like, because I came home and uh, like I, well, I had the drive home and the whole entire drive home. I'm just like, holy fuck. And this is even after I'd watched Upgrade. So like Upgrade just kind of faded in the background and Hereditary just kind of creeped right back in and just like was in my mind the rest of the night. And I I came home to tell Tim and my wife about it and just like, holy shit. I, I haven't had a movie affect me like this in a while. That was intense. Yeah, very, very intense. And Highly the- recommended. And Go the, see it in theaters. It's absolutely theater worthy. Yeah. And the thing that blows my mind, it's this guy's first feature film. Yeah. Wrote and directed by himself. Very cool. Yep. And A24 produced it. And A24 has not done anything bad that I've they've seen. They've been killing it. They've been doing a lot of good stuff for sure. Yeah, they've cre- they it seems were the like lately, pre- every time I see a movie that I really like, there are little logos at the beginning of it. Like, it comes at night. And, yeah, but uh, The Witch. The Witch. Uh, and apparently there's... Did they do Get Out? Uh, no, that was Bloomhouse. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, that uh, someone, I just heard a podcast, actually, where they were talking about that, where they're like, Blumhouse is more like what gets a lot of the mainstream audience really excited when they see their name. A24 gets the hardcore horror fans going. Yes, something different. Yeah, those guys have been fucking killing it lately. Yeah, there's one movie I still need to see of theirs that I have not. And once again, it's one that's like completely divisive. And it's called The Ghost Story. I haven't even heard of that one, I don't think. And apparently it's not really horror. just has like a supernatural element to it. Right on. But it has me intrigued. It's spooky. Yeah, spooky. Okay, so I haven't watched a whole lot for it having been three weeks since we recorded last. Just a short list compared to the last couple of episodes. Um, (laughs) We watched the last film that Corman and Price collaborated on together as far as the like their Vincent or their uh, Edgar Allan Poe cycle, Tomb of Lygia. That's a really cool one. I still need to see that one. Price is... uh, Really bitter and angry in that one. Really? Pre- yeah. Pretty cool character for him to play. We rewatched Phantasm again because it was... The 30th. Yeah. Yep, 30-year anniversary. Or wait, was it the Earth? No, it was like the... 40? 39-year anniversary. Okay. 39-year anniversary of my favorite movie. I had to watch it even though I just watched it like a few months ago. <laughs> I could yeah. watch it again tonight and then tomorrow. We'll eventually have to cover it just so we can make Tim watch it, and then you can get a chance to like completely and utterly gush about it on the podcast one day. <laughs> That's the one with all the flying balls, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah death balls. How is there not a goddamn Phantasm pinball machine? Right? I, that doesn't I've make thought of that multiple times, actually. Uh, I finally got around to watching It Comes at Night. That was fantastic. Really cool, creepy, slow build, lots of tense scenes like it's basically everything that that quiet place wanted to be yeah but actually good now uh the one thing like i I love the movie but i've heard so many people say this nothing came at night i'm like yeah paranoia tension distrust well not only that everything the dog brought the plague to their house at At night night. yeah it's if stupid don't be stupid i've heard so many people say that i'm going are you guys nuts 
Like that one, I think got. Don't they have nobody in a mask with a knife in it, though? <laughs> yeah, because I think people like this one definitely was uh, mismarketed. Like the yeah. way they showed the trailer made it think there was like some type of yeah. Zombie they made it think or... it was going to be like creatures or zombies or some kind of siege movie or something. Yeah, but, but yeah, that it's not it's just uh, like family tension. Yep. Very cool. Fucking awesome movie. Hmm. One of the best horror movies in recent years, for sure. Uh, finally watched that Terrifier movie. That was yeah. fucking really cool. Is that the I, weird clown one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad you liked oh. it. No, it was a lot of fun. Lots of cool visceral gore. The guy that plays Art the Clown really does a good job. Oh, you could tell he's having a blast. Yeah. Especially like in the beginning uh, like diner scene when he's just sitting there just like fucking with the girls and not even being mean. I, I, I hope you guys don't make me watch this. Is, no, I probably won't have been. Uh, Maybe down the road, but... That wishbone scene is fucking savage. Oh, dude. Like I said, that was the scene that reminded me of something I'd see from the crossed comics. Yep. That was it, pretty brutal. Oh, that was vicious. And, yeah, the performance <clears throat> from that guy, uh, I think is David Thornton or something like David Howard Thornton. Yeah, he he's the one that played Art and... Wow, he did an amazing job. Yep, really cool movie. Highly recommended for fans of slashers, especially. We rewatched the first two Poltergeist movies because it was also the anniversary of Poltergeist the other day. Yep. Those both still hold up. I don't uh, think I've ever actually seen part two. Really? I've, I've watched part one and I, part three. Uh, that one has a lot to do with like mirrors and apartment Yeah, the high rise apartment building. Yeah, so I've seen part three, but I don't remember if I've ever seen part two. Two is awesome. It's the one with like the creepy preacher Kane. Uh, okay. I remember images of him like, yeah. on Facebook. There's some neat effects in that one too, like a weird legless maggot creature monster thing toward the end. Really? Yep. Pretty cool. Not as good as the first one, but definitely worth a watch. <clears throat> we watched Hammer's take on the Wolfman Curse of the Werewolf with Oliver Reed. That's a good one. Nice. I've heard of that one. Have not seen it myself. Really neat. Uh, Hammer had a way of taking those stories and like not, I mean, they're remakes or whatever, but it's so completely different almost every time with their movies, like especially say like the reptile versus creature from the Black Lagoon or whatever. So those are all, if you haven't, if you're not like a big Hammer fan or you haven't seen many of them, Curse of the Werewolf is a pretty good place to start. Yeah, I'd eventually like to do like a Hammer-centric episode because there is a lot of Hammer that I've just never seen. Right on. Oh, good. I, I don't think I've seen probably absolutely anything. Absolutely be down for that. Yeah, and that's some old 70s style gothic horror right there. Uh, old school. Yeah. Late 50s through the 60s and the early 70s. We rewatched The Deadly Spawn. <laughs> that movie is so much fun. Yeah, very awesome. Do it yourself, like Super Eight, I think, or maybe sixteen millimeter. Uh, Low budget as hell. One of those cool movies from the eighties where something comes from space to kill your whole fucking family. Mm. Yeah, but it has the typical trope. Hey, there's a meteor that crash landed. Let's go investigate. Yep, they, that that device was used in who I don't like. So killer many. clowns from outer space and Creep Show and the Blob and. Very, very awesome movie. The monster itself is one of the coolest looking alien monsters in film history. Yeah. On is. a shoestring budget, even. Yeah, I I am amazed that they created what they did with, like, such a low budget. Uh, I, I can't remember. I don't think it predates Final Chapter, but it's one on also one of those 80s movies that features, like, a young person who is very into horror that yep. saves the day. 
You know, yeah, because wasn't he reading like a horror hound magazine or something? Or he had, no, no, no he, it was like a monsters. Yeah, magazine. he was reading famous monsters, but his whole bedroom is like decked out in movie posters, and he has props, and he's like Tommy Jarvis yeah. or like the Monster Squad or something. Pretty cool. Yeah, I love that movie. <clears throat> uh, rewatched Mausoleum. If you haven't seen that one, definitely watch that. It's eighties schlock, like. To the point where this woman is a demon and she has little demon tits. <laughs> oh my! Yeah. Awesome. They who like, was that? Bye. Like who directed it? Uh, I don't even know. Just some somebody. Nobody. Okay. Nobody of note. I don't think. I think maybe like a Playboy playmate was in it in the lead role or something. Perfect. <laughs> but it's has some weird sleazy stuff in it, and it's basically about like a a woman who's kind of like a succubus. Lots of cool effects, some good gore. Definitely uh, worth a watch. Yeah, there's not if you too can many, find it. Yeah, say so there's not too many uh, like movies that dealt with succubus. Like, and that's like I, the I, ones I think, I've seen are cool. I think the proper terminology succubi. would be succubi. succubi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also rewatched Diary of a Madman, a Vincent Price film from oh, yeah. the '60s about. Uh, a magistrate who's also a sculptor who is possessed by a spirit called the Horla or something that basically just uses his body for mischief and murder and whatnot. Is that the one that your uh, your tattoo is based off of? No, that's Mask of the Red Death. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's Randy's all-time favorite. Oh, yeah, that's I guess impressive. I should have mentioned that when we were talking about... What we've been doing. What we've been doing. <laughs> I finally got my Mask of the Red Death tattoo finished. If you want to see that, it's in the horror or uh, the podcast by the cemetery. <laughs> The podcast by the Cemetery Facebook page. Yeah, he posted a picture of it. It looks fucking amazing. It looks um, painful. It yeah. was incredibly painful. I am not looking forward <laughs> to the touch-ups, but we're going to do them anyway. Big shout out to Joe Lash and Electric Chair Tattoo for an awesome job. And uh, Yeah, that was it. That's all that I watched other than uh, Hurt. Well- I seen you post one today, All Hallows Eve. We started watching that, and we were just beat, so we took a nap. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like I, I started nodding off. We had that huge day yesterday at the zoo, and we got up all early to go look at a couple of potential places to move. So, okay, yeah, you have to let me know how that is because I'm yeah, curious about it. Definitely as well. gonna finish that one eventually, but like, yeah, I fell asleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, well, yeah, since that's the end of our what we've been watching, let's jump into the. Randy's music segment. Today I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite bands, one of my top ten favorite bands, uh, one of my top three favorite death metal genre bands. They're Macabre, three-piece from Chicago. They started in 1985, so they were in the first wave of death metal. I don't, you know, there weren't many bands to predate them in that genre. Like Hellhammer was doing stuff and. 83 or whatever and some other bands were cutting demos before that but macabre were definitely first wave <clears throat> they haven't for as long as they've been around they've only done five full-length albums i think even though they've consistently toured and never broken up they've never changed any members it's always been the same three dudes they all go by aliases corporate death nefarious and dennis the menace <laughs> nice <laughs> They're all exceptionally talented musicians. The drummer is like one of the busiest drummers. He's he's always doing something. Fills and fills and flams and fucking polyrhythms all over the place. The bass player is really talented. Plays a six string bass. Lots of 
fucking busy bass playing and stuff and their music is really interesting they don't just play standard death metal that is you know it's death thrash is basically where they're rooted in but they also they have some grindcore influence and some hardcore punk crossover influence and they use traditional folk music and like world music everything from like i wouldn't even know like italian style music like yeah, i was gonna say what did you call when he introduced that song to us it, earlier it, it like was, circus it, death metal or it, something yeah it had a, it had a very uh circus vibe to it, it they refer to themselves as being murder metal that's what they call them <laughs> yeah metal. i could yeah if somebody was killing somebody to that they would be a very demented they're person. almost unclassifiable they have a little offshoot called macabre minstrels where they play like campfire style songs one of them being the cat came back oh really so they usually oh, play man. that live which is awesome <laughs> that's great yeah the one thing i like after you introduced me to that song i was i said you know i could definitely hear how like newer bands have been influenced by them for sure at least the vocalist style because like i like the vocals sounded a lot like uh what I know is, which is from Autumn to Ashes, the one singer from them has that same type of vocal range and What's screaming the, style. The shrieky style vocals. Yeah. yeah. Like, definitely, obviously, the Cobb's been around doing it longer, but... The reason I bring them up for the podcast is that all of their songs are about serial killers. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, their first EP, Grim Reality, is... Like, not every song on that is about serial killers, but from, like, Gloom forward, their first LP, almost every song is about a different serial killer. They've done multiple songs about a few people, like, <coughs> Albert Fish has a few songs. They did an entire concept album about Jeffrey Dahmer called Dahmer. Really? Yep. Wow. In the 90s, when all that was happening, they, you know... They had to do a concept album about that one features some fun stuff. Uh, one thing that Macabre likes to do is take traditional songs and rework them like they did in the army now, but about Jeffrey being in the army and they did uh, something to the tune of Oompa Loompa Doopity Doo because he worked in a chocolate <laughs> factory for a little while. Oh man! So they're definitely funny dudes, very tongue in cheek, lots of fun. Lots of sing-along style stuff. Uh, very cool, very fun. Lot, very awesome dudes in person too. Like always down to party and sign shit and hang out. Oh, if you go awesome. see them live, so yeah, the song you introduced me to <clears throat> was enough to make me go, "All right, I want to check them out." Like that sounds like the goofiness style. Like fits me like in my musical tastes i've seen him live probably a half dozen times the coolest time being at the irock in detroit one time i took my then girlfriend and a friend of mine and the only other people there were the opening band and their girlfriends so we <laughs> really yeah we got to watch like a private macabre show basically and then wow, party with them at the bar afterward and stuff so that was pretty rad the irock was, awesome. a, was yep. a fun place get high and listen to macabre all right, so uh, we'll jump right into our reviews. Uh, the first review tonight will be Madman. He's real.
Okay, so the first movie we're going to be talking about tonight is Madman from 1982, but just barely 1982. It actually came out on January 1st. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Madman was originally going to be based on the Cropsey legend, but it went into production at the same time as The Burning. So, for whatever reason, The Burning came out on top and got to use the story, and Madman didn't. And so they just, like, they came up with their own story about Mars, which is pretty sweet. I like the the little Mars story. Yeah, the campfire, like, you know, the typical campfire tale, like Friday the 13th and the burning and all that, like, had back in the early 80s, and the story of him was... Uh, yeah. Def- but the story, that this is where Tim and I were both laughing, because it was, like, showing every character's soon-to-be demise and right. quick, like, cuts. We're yeah. like, what the hell? It's, it was This movie started off just... Weird. I, I don't know who the like the director of photography was on this, but lining up the shots was just God. It was crazy. Uh, you all have heard the song too, by the way. As per Randy, we put that in before we did this here. Yeah, so. it's gonna. You heard it you, before this segment, and you love it. <laughs> so man. beware the Madman Mars. Yeah, that that definitely sums up the the feel of the movie. It, that that just terrible level of like early eighties badness. Um, yeah, I'll let Randy continue. Go ahead. The plot is, you know, it's pretty standard slasher fare. You've got the iconic, you know, the the iconic villain or whatever with his backstory. And he's hunting down these teens who are where they shouldn't be on, you know, trespassing on his land and whatnot. And he follows them back to their camp. And it's, you know, it's a typical body count one by one knocking off the disposable teens. Yeah, and this... Looks like it takes place in either an abandoned camp or just like a campground at night. Well, there were a few kids at that camp, but there weren't many. I mean, oh yeah, there were. I forgot about yeah, them. yeah. There were the kids that were 
they were like counselors for them. And I don't get it. Was was Mars's house like on the other side of the lake then or something? Something like that, yeah. But it seemed like it was like right next to the camp. The amount of counselors versus campers was kind of silly. Like there was almost one counselor for every camper. Yeah. Yeah, if not yeah. more so. Yeah, there weren't that many kids. I mean, yeah, this isn't like this isn't a good movie, but it's it's not. I at find all. it to be very entertaining. The first time I <laughs> the first time I watched it, I didn't particularly care for it. And then I came back to it about a year later, and I liked it a lot more. And I've watched it twice more since then. Within I, I've watched it twice within the last month or so, actually. And I, I like it. I've grown to like it quite a bit. It's uh has some cool little touches, like the the sword and the stone bit with the axe and the tree stump. And oh yeah, like, I never compared the two there. I like Mars as a slasher icon. You know, yeah, I like the look of him because he looked almost like demonic in a way those like, scenes of him walking with the axe that are all backlit look fucking cool <laughs> like maybe it was our quality copy that we watched on terrarium that we were streaming it, that didn't like, help yeah i'm sure because i was hoping it was gonna be the blu-ray rip that's out from uh vinegar syndrome but oh. ended well, up the, being like the anchor bay dvd that i have looks just fine yeah this one had some like really poor lighting where it was hard to see a lot of stuff and maybe you saw a vhs rip or that's something. what i'm thinking it's our it's our fault for streaming yeah, that's like a downfall. Yeah, you know, but that's that's the bad karma we get. We should we have to go buy two copies of something now, right? <laughs> this movie action also features like one of the most awkward and weird love scenes ever. Like where I got Tibbs and drove from cringe worthy, slowly disrobing and like. Th- the close-ups of the weird dude's fucking Audi belly button and his ass <laughs> yeah. when he's getting into the hot tub and God. they're like circling in the hot tub to this bad music. Yeah, and it's like and they're like, playing Ring Around the Rosie or just like playing Chase. But they're like the they're like they're like spinning like synchronized like little pirouettes. It lasts like for way longer through. than it should. Yeah, it's like almost like a, what a two three minute long scene. Uh, probably that. about that. So yeah. it's like man, I I I laughed out loud at this movie in multiple places that weren't meant to be funny. They were just so bad that my only reaction was laughter well that's 80s horror movies for you (laughs) yeah (laughs) so you'll run into a lot of those this one has a couple of off-screen kills but it does the right thing and comes back later with cool aftermath gore like the the one that the decapitation in the the woods or the hood decapitation the the hood one yeah that, that one's really cool and you know different oh i just heard a vibration oh. yeah that one's uh you don't see i haven't i can't think of another instance of that in a movie i i liked how the the, the one kid like went into mars's house and it was just like his his reaction went from like glee to like slowly through like t- into terror but like his emotions just change like really slowly oh when he oh, found the out and, and, yeah, to find and, the body and then scene. you don't see what it is until much later and it's yeah. one of those things like how could you even have the remote gleeful expression that he had in the beginning like i don't know the acting was oh the acting, the acting was, was the acting's bad. pretty atrocious very bad poor galen ross uh from dawn of the dead franny from dawn of the dead yeah that's kind of a step down for her that's a is- Big step down, but you know she was probably only the only tolerable actress in the whole thing, and that's stretching. She was, it. yeah, she was fine. The because she, uh, she did the stupid fucking hot tub scene. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that like oh, I, I feel bad that she had to show her tits in this movie. Yeah, because I don't think she's ever really shown them. In well, she showed her tits in Dawn of the Dead. You just don't see them for very long. And okay, it's like 
the least sexual breasts in a movie ever, maybe. I don't know. There, there was a weird tense scene where her and Steven are sitting on the bed, not talking, and the camera just like slowly pans back. Okay. It's a very uncomfortable scene. That's probably why I don't actually remember seeing it. The uh, the guy, like the production team that was making this movie, really, really, really wanted Vincent Price for the role of the old, you know, the counselor guy. Really? Really? Yeah. And it would have been so awesome. It would have elevated this movie so much if oh, they'd have gotten fuck it. Oh, yeah, it would have. Because even he, the guy, whoever it was they had, was a, was pretty hokey. And that whole beginning piece was just like, come on, really? You know? The scene where the chick is running from Mars and she throws everything out of the fridge and hides in the fridge. Yeah. 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 Who wouldn't see a bunch of food on the floor, a bunch of cold food on the floor in front of the fridge and... Yeah, I love the noises he makes. Yeah, the noises like toxic. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought of. And the fact that this, this was all done in seriousness, that's the thing. This movie was funny without meaning to be funny. Yeah, like, uh... Like, I, I I am definitely, like, still debating what I want to give this, but, like, the style of kills, like, I was disappointed at first because it felt like, for only being, like, what was it, an hour and eight, or an hour and 18 long, or 18 minutes for runtime, like, the first 20 minutes almost kind of drugged for me, like, after the campfire story, it just kind of just, like, really was slow, like, because none of the characters were... Truly enjoyable to watch, except for the funny-ass hot tub scene. Yeah, but you still had to introduce them. Yeah. That's that, that's a downpour, downside to it. It's like, yeah, I, you gotta introduce the characters, but make them kind of likable or, like, even slightly goofy and oddball entertaining. Well, 15 minutes isn't, like, a whole lot of time to have to wait for somebody to get their throat ripped out. No, like, yeah, the body, like, that part, like, at fr- it just felt like it was longer. Like, but other than that, like, the kills were pretty, uh... The ones that you've seen were pretty cool, and then, like you said, the aftermath, especially in his cabin, that, like where it was, like all the bodies were stored. That was a pretty cool scene. Yep. Just the lead up to it with that guy and his terrible expressions. Just yeah, it was bad. <laughs> that was pretty damn funny. It's kind of funny that like the final girl dies, and then the final girl ends up being like the kid that wandered into the basement and had like the weird slow facial expression change. Yeah. Oh yeah. He actually ends up being the final girl. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I didn't even put that together. That's weird. The uh, the guy that played Madman Mars was his wife was pregnant during the film production, and while he was on set one day, he got the word that she was in labor, so he had to go to the hospital in like full Madman Mars oh, makeup. Oh no shit! First time he <laughs> held his newborn son was while wearing Mars makeup. Wow! So that's kind of neat. <laughs> they great. shot this in the winter time. So they had to paint all of the leaves on the trees green. Are you serious? <laughs> That's fucking That's weird. what I read, yeah. Wow. Uh, let's see. What else did I read about this? Edit. Oh, when that kid is going downstairs to find the bodies, that's actually, he's doing like the, the fake walk downstairs thing because that's not a real <laughs> staircase. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. <laughs> He's like miming it. That's great. <sighs> yeah, the uh, the Anchor Bay DVD was like the first time anyone really saw this movie uncut. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. It was. I don't know if it was one of the video nasties, but UK cinema, you know, they truncated the hell out of it. 
Which is weird because it really didn't look like there would have been much to like have to cut out. Like the violence wasn't that bad. I noticed some scenes where it was like a completely different type of like camera style. Like the the colors were all different. So I'm assuming those were scenes that they just cut back in. Just in that era when everybody was on slashers for being misogynistic and violence. Right. And the video nasty thing was happening. Like almost any amount of blood or violence was yanked out of a movie for a while there. Yeah, especially in the UK, where it was really prevalent. Yeah. Do you want to go to ratings on this one? Yeah. I give it a 7.5. 7. Wow. I like Madman. It's fun. I've I've probably hit my glass ceiling on how much I'm going to come to enjoy it, but I have enjoyed it more every time I've watched it up to this last couple of... Like, this time that I watched it, I liked it as much as I did the last time, so... After three watches, I, I've finally achieved maximum appreciation for Madman. Nice. <laughs> How about you, Tim? Well, I'm not the kind of guy that wants to have to watch a movie three times in order to like it. Uh, it was pretty... Like I said, I laughed out loud actually a couple times in it, which was pretty cool. Um, but it was because of the stupidity of the fact that I was going to watch this movie and just the absurdity of some of the some of the moments. Uh, so here's the deal. If, if you're into like slasher movies, this is probably right up your alley because it's, it's, I don't know. It's kind of by the books. Yeah. It, I oh, guess yeah. it's what it's supposed to be. Um, but honestly, I don't recommend that anybody puts themselves through this unless you absolutely <laughs> want to. Uh, it, it was, it was pretty bad and I will not make the effort to watch it again. So I don't know. Um, because of the fact that it's, I guess, by the books slasher type movie and it's, it's what it's supposed to be. I'll give it a six. Oh, above average. Yeah. Uh, and if you like that kind of thing, go watch it. But if not, just save yourself the trouble, I guess. Right. And for me, I am a slasher fan. I do love a lot of that stuff. But even I did not really enjoy this one that much. Um, this is above, just above average for me. I'm going to give it a 5.5. Um, but like I can't you, believe you like Cheerleader Cam more than this movie. Well, like I said, like well, like you said though, you had to watch it a couple of times to really truly appreciate it. And this is one I probably will eventually rewatch. Just like maybe now that I know more about it going in, I may be able to appreciate more about it. Because I don't know, I think I built it up too much in my head as like this like awesome slasher along the lines of Friday the Thirteenth and like the. Uh, character kind of like uh, madman mars kind of being like jason Voorhees in a way which he kind of is but i think i just built it up too much in my head before diving into it and now that i know more rewatching it may actually increase my likelihood of liking it but for right now uh i'm giving it a 5.5 tim was giving it a 6 and randy was giving it a 7.5 so we'll move into our next review which is cheerleader camp from 1988 for the Miss Cheerleader USA contest travel to this secluded camp. Hey, there is no going back. For some, it will be the crowning achievement of their lives. I'm gonna win that queen contest. Nerves are on edge. There's something eating at everybody, right? Ever since we've been here, it's never a good night. Jealousies are exposed, and hatreds explode. This year, something evil has come over the contestants. She shows them to kill her. The instructors. You're a mascot. 
not a human. The judges and the hired help. You die. Something is about to make them all victims of cheerleader camp. Start with Allison. She's so fine. The look at her long, or you'll go blind. Next is Pam. She comes out with a bam and will tell you this: she ain't no sham. Next is Bonnie. She acts kind of funny. Steal your heart, but not your money. Can't forget Teresa. She's got what it takes. Putting her on this team was no mistake. Last is Lori, and this is her story. She's our gator. You'll be seeing her later. Betsy Russell, Leif Garrett, Lucinda Dickey, Laurie Griffin. We gotta walk out of here. It's at least 40 miles. Finally, something to die for. Cheerleader Camp. Starring Leif Garrett and Buck Leaf Flowers. Uh, those are pretty much the only two recognizable names. The, the main chick was in like some of the later Saw movies. She was in like Saw three, four, five, and six or something. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Not as uh, Saw like Jigsaw's helper because that was uh, what's her face from the Blob remake. I don't know. She's in four of the Saw movies though, huh. so she must have kind of a big. Part. Oh, I wonder if she's Jigsaw's wife. Maybe. Like in the flashbacks or something. But yeah. Um, this is a pretty thin plot synopsis. There's really not much to it, but it's a bunch of girls and two guys show up to this uh, camp for cheerleading tryouts, and uh, basically one of uh, one by one they start getting picked off by a mysterious killer. The main girl has like a almost like a split personality when it comes schizophrenia. to schizophrenia. She yeah, has her bad dreams. dreams. Yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty much just a way to give off red herrings here and there. And, yep. But, uh, yeah, this movie, like, I think we talked about it earlier, but it's like an 80s party film mixed with, like, slasher elements. It has way more in common with something like Screwballs than most slasher movies that I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely go with that direction. It was, It was almost like a... Like a party just comedy. A silly sex comedy. Yeah, silly sex yeah. comedy. All right, so yeah, like we were saying, I think the uh, enjoyment part of this film is the like silly sex comedy act that's prevalent through the whole entire film with the cattiness of the cheerleaders and like the... Okay, like the fat the the fat guy like this. I I don't know why, but cross dressing in an old muumuu and hiding in the bushes to videotape the girls getting topless. I think they were just it seems looking... like something that would have wound up on the cutting room floor of Porky's Seven or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. This was a this movie had a, a lot of titties. Yeah, not complaining. Perfectly cool with that. But... See, that's the part I said like when uh, I was talking about the film before. I'm like. You guys will probably like it for different reasons. Right? <laughs> that that was the reason I knew you'd appreciate it, Tim, because the '80s sex comedy aspect of it. Yeah, and and with the previous movie and this one, like, but the, the acting was just as bad. But I, I, the acting cheerleader camp was way worse. I, I I feel like the directing maybe was better in cheerleader camp. Like the movie felt more polished. Yeah, I don't see that either. Oh, and the lighting <laughs> on it, like I like like we said, you know, we did watch maybe a bad cut of madman but like the lighting in this was like you could see what was going on um 
Some of the kill, like the kills, I would say are about on par. Like pretty good a lot ones. Of yeah, off screen ones, but then you get the like hedge trimmer to that the was back really of the only that one and like the the fat guy's death were like the really the only cool kills. That well, I and remember. then the uh, aftermath of that Teresa girl when the van slams into her in the tree, which I I heard you from. Uh, Upstairs when I first got home, going, why the fuck are you just standing there? Get go behind, behind the fucking tree. Go behind the tree. Yeah. If there's a car driving at you and you're there's a giant tree, go to the other side of the tree. Yeah, the car can't follow you. It's not. Why do people just run in a straight line from a car? <laughs> I mean, that's even something you could complain about in Christine at one point. Uh, yeah, man. that's why Christine isn't particularly effective as a horror movie. Right. But yeah, I I enjoy this one. It's uh, silly. It's got plenty of boobs it's got a couple of amounts of gore but like i'd say the gore was like i said it was on par with madman in a way for me um though the ones in uh madman were more mean-spirited yeah would, than this one this one was just like quick style like slasher style like i think it was some like uh the way i picture it the director wanted to do uh an 80s sex comedy but sex comedies at that time in the eight, in late eighties wasn't nearly as popular as the slasher. Boom slashers was. weren't slashers were on their way out at that point. Sex comedies and slashers were all but dead at the time. That I don't know though. Like that was the height of Freddy Krueger's popularity though, because that was part in eighty eight. Yeah, that was part four when that came out, and that made like a shit ton of money. That was like the highest grossing Nightmare on Elm Street. I <laughs> guess, but most of like the big name slashers came out between nineteen eighty and nineteen eighty four. Right, but I think like the big name franchises, like they're they hit their popularity kind of like in the late eighties, it seemed. Hmm. Like, you know, obviously the movies weren't good, like a lot of the time, like most of those sequels were bad, but that's like people knew the brand and I think that's kind of what this director was trying to like jump on that bandwagon while still doing his eighty sex comedy. It's like, it is literally a capsule of eighties movies. Like uh the like you said, the acting is not good. But at the same time, I kind of enjoyed the characters because they were done in such a weird way. Like, uh, yeah, I could see that. Like, because even the fat guy, as annoying as he was, I still like. It's like, oh, the dumb prankster that's in like those type of films. That I, I had to laugh at just some of the things, like the one guy telling him, "You need to be more confident." And I was like, you know, "He's a big fat dude who's like willing to show his butt." Yeah, he rolled like into a, the camp with his entire ass hanging yeah, out, out of the window, window, and he <laughs> says, "You need to be." It's not. More self, or I don't know. Yeah, he, he's got confidence. The dude can show his. Well, he was. Yeah, he had he ass. had no uh, shame. Let's say that. Yeah. And well, then I think that whole confidence thing came into effect at the party when he just was like trying to talk to that girl, and he just says "fuck it" and just goes right in and grabs her and starts making out with her, oh, yeah. and it apparently like worked. Which now you would just get your ass beat if that. No. <laughs> What's sexually assaulting a woman? Yeah, yeah. That would probably not go over too well. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that happens in a lot of those films back then. Yeah. Yeah. But you haven't said much, Randy. Like, what do you think? Oh, I didn't really, I don't know. I didn't care for it a whole lot. It was okay. Um, Leaf Garrett's previous horror film, Devil Times Five, is way, way better. Leaf Garrett. Yeah, he was a piece of shit in this film. Yep. It's funny that they're trying to pass any of these people off as being college age. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, Leaf Garrett's hairline is, like, fucking higher than I am right now. <laughs> yeah, I think the only one that kind of looked college age would be the mascot girl. She lo- Or the blonde. 
They were okay. all in their late 20s, yeah. like yeah. almost 30 when they made this movie. Yeah, yep. easily. Older than the average college student. And that, I mean, you know, that's that's pretty common in these old slashers. A lot of the time it's fucking late 20-somethings trying to play teenagers or whatever. But uh, it's just, I don't know. It was just uh, just okay. What A little bit you? too goofy. Not, uh, I don't know. Kind of reminded me of like happy birthday to me and it's level of goofiness and just tone shifting and i could see the comparison to that it was okay i wasn't a huge fan of it i'm glad i didn't spend 12 dollars on it at disc replay when i saw it there (laughs) yeah how about you tim what did you think uh you know it was it was pretty fun um it's it's got a lot of redeeming qualities to it i think it's something that people outside of the the horror genre could enjoy simply because of its silly campy 80s feel a lot of nostalgia to it there uh it it's like 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 we were saying it's like an 80s party movie it's it's kind of funny uh intentionally funny not accidentally funny but the acting is absolutely terrible and yeah, which uh, makes for some unintentional funny laughs yeah um ultimately better than the better than the other movie uh <laughs> And, and Randy I'm, hates us both right now. Yeah, uh, and yeah. just just more entertaining. I can't to really me. blame Tim for saying these things, but I'm incredibly disappointed with you, Scott. Yeah, like I say, I may have to rewatch that one again because I also didn't like this one the first time I watched it either. I I don't know. I'll watch it again in a few years to try and see if maybe I have a different appreciation for it. But I didn't particularly care for it this time around. It was okay. I guess. Yeah, because the first time I'd seen it, my buddy had picked it up randomly on a whim at, like, Meyer of all places. And uh, he bought it in, like, the $5 bin, and hmm. he let me borrow it. And I watched it, and I was just like, eh, didn't care for it. Turned it off halfway through. And then I ended up watching it, like, seven or eight years later, and found a lot more enjoyment out of it this t- uh, that time. And then it's been about equal enjoyment since then. Um. But yeah, uh, we didn't really mention too much about Buck Flowers, but him oh. being this <laughs> typical characters, or he played the almost <clears throat> the exact same character in every movie. Make your pecker harder than a bag full of nickel jawbreakers. <laughs> he or does maybe, have maybe some he said pee pee. Make your pee pee yeah. harder than a bag full of nickel there jawbreakers. There was a line that I wrote down that I was oh, it's when uh, she sends him out to look for the girls. He's like. Keep an eye on them, all those pretty young things with their flesh hanging out of their hanging out of them. Oh, <laughs> it's man. like, why? The Jawbreaker <laughs> line is actually an intro for a Blood Freak song. Is it really? Yeah, I can't remember which one, but I've I'd never known what that was from before, and it's always made me giggle. And I knew it was Buck Flowers' voice, right? Because it's very distinctive. But I'd never known what movie that was from, so. I guess that was probably the most fun thing about this movie was finally knowing what that Buck Flowers quote is from. <laughs> yeah, I, Buck Flowers, I think, was my favorite part of this, like, in general, just, like, the lines that he had, like, because he was obviously a red her- red herring amongst, sure, yeah. amongst Leaf Garrett being a red herring, well, Alice and the main girl being a red herring. Basically everybody. And then, like, they made it so obvious who the actual killer was going to be. I, I didn't catch it till probably about... Because you really don't know until, like, towards the end when the body count starts rising. This is, like, when you start getting your hints. I didn't even really start thinking about it. And I forget, like, 
we we all started talking about it at the same point about halfway through the movie. Like, who do you think the killer is going to be? And I kind of turned it over in my head a few times. And I'm like, well, it's probably going to be the girl that they're making you that they're trying the hardest to make you think it's not going to be. So it's probably going to be the unassuming mascot girl. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah, she like her or that blonde haired girl. We're I don't like feel badly two. about spoiling this movie at all. No, none of these films like from the eighties, I'm worried about spoiling. Like they're older. Um, I mean, we should have mentioned this a long time ago when we were talking about our plans for this, but you know, we, we are going to be a spoiler podcast for the older stuff. You'll just put it in the description and then people can read it and they'll know. Okay. Yeah. And then, I really don't think anybody's going to be upset that they had the reveal of cheerleader camp spoiled for them. If they do, you can complain to Mr. Randall Fahey. Yeah, I'm easy to find. <laughs> just track him down. Yep, just yell at him. He'll he'll be like, well, I didn't like the movie, so deal with it. You remember that <laughs> scene in Toxic Avenger 2 where he balls up the guy and shoots him through the basketball hoop? <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Come and complain at me about spoiling cheerleader camp for you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's just go on to our uh, scores then. Uh, since I chose this one, I will go first. I would give this pretty much what you gave Madman, a 7.5. Yeah. I found it quite enjoyable. It has the dumb humor that I like in some of those older 80s films. I like the old 80s sex comedies and things like that. And it, it had a nice blend of the two. Um yeah, the sl- the killing could have started a lot earlier, I think. But like I said, I kind of enjoyed the, uh, what would you call it? The progression to the kills, like the story in between, like was just kind of entertaining. The cattiness I kind of enjoyed just because you don't like any of those characters. They're all catty in their own way. The guys are like either a complete pig or a complete douchebag. They're a little hip hop fucking. Oh, yeah, they're hip hop. Oh, my dude. God. That was yes. painful. That was. That was- that was bad. <laughs> yeah, that was absolutely really cringeworthy. And they rehearsed that shit. You could tell because they were in unison. Yeah. And that, I mean, that just goes to show you what a quality musician Leif Garrett was. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, Randy, what would you score this? 5.5. 5.5. Wow, we're like so the exact opposite of each other. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I overall enjoyed this movie. Um, I think it had some things holding it back, uh, namely terrible acting or and or directing. Maybe a better director could have gotten some better acting out of him. I don't know. Either way, fun movie. I had a good time. So, seven, 7.5. Nice. I might like it more if I watch it again, but I doubt it. Yeah, like, it might just, you know, it always depends on the mindset, too, when you're watching the film and, like... I don't know why I've I've come to appreciate this one the more I've watched it. But yeah, I try I'm, to go into into any horror movie I'm watching for the first time excited and like hoping to like it. Right. Just, unless it's something I know is going to be shitty like the new Halloween movie or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, so our scores uh I gave it a 7.5, Randy gave it a 7. Point, or Randy gave it a 5.5 and Tim gave it a 7.5. Uh so uh our next episode we are going to be doing uh, something a little different. We've been talking about this for a while where we've kind of wanted to like veer off of horror just a tiny bit and kind of dive into exploitation. So- yeah, we discussed like when we were getting this whole thing in line, what the format was going to be and the idea to venture outside of horror into, I don't know, sim- not similar, but like 
accompanying genres like sci-fi or fantasy or cult films, exploitation films. It's not, you know, we're not going to do it a whole lot or whatever, but it'd be fun to do something different every once in a while. Right. And so, yeah, for this one, we decided to go with uh, revenge, uh, revenge themed films. Yeah. We call this mother revenge. (laughs) And then Randy, which one did you choose? (laughs) My very favorite exploitation film, the mad foxes. Oh, this movie is insane and I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to watching this one again. I don't know how I got roped into it the first time. I think I gave you the description of the film Uh, and you went, oh, I'm sold. It's (laughs) something about something about anytime there's 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 like Nazis involved. It becomes just super entertaining for some reason. It's one of the many, 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 like probably hundreds of films that I was turned on to by the DVD Delirium book series. It was on my list for a long, long time. I thought it to be mostly unattainable. And then I forget who put it out on Blu-ray, some not like Region Zero Blu-ray. And I finally got to see it a few years back. Yeah, you and I both watched it for the first time together. Oh, man. (laughs) We were just in for a ride. This will be fun because there's there's a lot of good trivia. It's one of the few movies that I've been extremely excited to see after years and years of build up and hearing and reading things and have been like totally satisfied by my viewing. Yeah, this will be a very fun one to talk about and I'm hoping that will be the case for my pick, which is a 2018 film that was a shutter exclusive and it's revenge. I've heard a lot of good things about this one. So I've been wanting to check it out and I can finally use this as our excuse to check it out and hopefully be quite pleased by it so as always last one out closes the coffin door later see ya